Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Ann Sari and Conchetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Heart-Centered Listeners, my name is Conchetta Antonelli, and I'll be your host for today's episode featuring Marissa Raymond. I'm looking forward to spending time with her and learning more about how she brings heart-centered inspiration to stressed-out grown-ups so they can find the fun and snap, life becomes a game they want to play again. So let's get right to it. Marissa and I have been friends since she arrived in France on what we call the expat planet 11 years ago. We adopted that descriptive because we did and still do feel like we landed on a different planet. We found ways to navigate and thrive on this foreign land by breathing deeply, creating together, and sometimes screaming and crying together and most importantly, laughing together. I think it's her personal philosophy that includes an element of fun that has helped us both survive and thrive here. Marissa is the Mary Poppins for stressed out families looking to release the weight of the world they've all been carrying on their shoulders. She helps them find elements of fun so they feel calmer, more in control, and more engaged at home and at work. Marissa began her professional career as a genetic counselor, and when she and her family moved to Bordeaux, France, she had to look for new ways to use her skills and experience to help others in ways that felt more aligned with her goals and her new lifestyle. After working with a life coach, Marissa realized that this was the career she really wanted to build so she pursued her certification. After completing her 200-hour yoga teacher's certification, kids' yoga and mindfulness trainings, she created Marissa Raymond Coaching to help families create more calm and ease to strengthen their connection. All of this allowed her to create a unique approach to coaching that integrates the things she loves most so that she can help families strengthen their communication, resilience, and deep connection. Welcome to the podcast, Marissa. Thanks, Conchetta. <laughs> it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We're glad to have you. So tell us a little bit more about this journey you've been on and how you've 
arrived at this place of being able to bring all these elements of your past experience and your life here on the on what we're calling our ex-planet. Well, I mean, I guess the first thing is how we arrived on this expat planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, as you said, I was a genetic counselor and we were living in Colorado, which is another thing you and I have in common. <laughs> My husband was offered the opportunity to do a sabbatical here in Bordeaux. And we, you know, said, yes, we had this eight month old baby at a time at the time. And you're sort of like, when are we ever going to get this chance to go live in France? So we came for three months, went back home, thought that was it. <laughs> we had our French experience. And then my husband was offered a job to come here permanently. Wasn't, as, as you know, <laughs> not the expat planet um, adjusting to a new culture. It's one thing to go for three months. It's a completely different thing to go for, you know, years <laughs> or with no end in sight. And so we sort of fell into this pattern that I think a lot of Americans do of like, well, and people in general, like, let me gather the information that I need to make this decision. And it seemed like we would be able to basically just pick up our life in Colorado and move it here. My husband had this, you know, job that he was going to be welcome to in astronomy, in the university setting. And everybody we talked to said, yeah, like, because I, as a genetic counselor, like, oh, of course, of course, you're going to be able to like, make it work here. So we decided to come and very quickly found out that no, in fact, my American diplomas were not transferable, that I was going to have to, if I wanted to work as a genetic counselor, I was going to have to redo my diploma in the French system, and that the university was on the other side of France from where we were living. So it was just like, okay, I guess the universe is telling me this is a time to stay home with my, with my son and enjoy the slowing down that we all talk about, right? Like I worked 12 hour days. And so there was definitely a part of my, of me that really just wanted to deep, take a deep breath and get off the roller coaster for a little bit. Very quickly discovered that as much as I loved my, loved my child now, love my children, because I had another one here, I needed to have more adult interaction. I was feeling really isolated. I was struggling to navigate the new culture, the new language. And I, through the universe's miracles, met you. <laughs> really? Like, you know, we met at Bordeaux USA at an organization that supports Americans living here in France and French people who are interested in American culture. And the very first day we walked in, there people were like, oh, you're from Colorado. You need to meet Conchetta. And I think through meeting you and then growing my network through you, I learned that I wasn't alone. I learned that there were people who supported me, who supported me verbally vomiting until I found <laughs> what felt like the right path to take, who were there to support me. I experimented and experimented and experimented. and. Yeah, I ended up really burning out in kind of saying yes to everything and taking on all the all the things and um, got physically ill. The doctor was like, you need to do something about this because otherwise you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. And you really supported me through that and the people in our creativity group. You were one of the first people that said you need to find a therapist or a life coach or somebody you can talk to. And the person that I found, really, the connections that I made was like, oh, yeah, I'm a counselor. Like, I have these skills. <laughs> like, and I have this science knowledge. And I have this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. parenting experience. And 
I have this expat experience. Like, why am I not sharing my skills with other people that I can help? And so that's really my, how I got here. All just one step at a time and like experimenting and playing and making a whole lot of mistakes and having a support network that was like, it's okay, cry (laughs) and then pick yourself up and like find something, you know, find another thing to experiment with. It is quite an amazing journey. I am remembering how the shock of being on the expat planet, of course, there's the beginning and the excitement of, oh boy, we're off on a new adventure and the sensation of, do I have this? Well, maybe I do have it, like in the sense of, I got this. And yet the reality of navigating all of that does put a lot of pressure. And you've said this to me before, is adulting is hard and messing. (laughs) And yet you found, well, I applaud your courage for one thing, and, and you did find a way through all of this. And it sounds like that you, again, I go back to what you say about putting fun in what you're doing. And I think that also seems to lighten things up. So could you tell me a little bit more about how you came about being the Mary Poppins? When I burnt out and really, you know, my body and my mind were telling me like something has to change. (laughs) And I think the sort of the go-to that people are told as adults is yoga and meditation. And I had a four-year-old and a one-year-old at that point or one and a half-year-old. And trying to do yoga and meditation with a four and a one-year-old at home (laughs) is not easy. What I ended up doing was trying to entertain them by putting on yoga for kids videos so that, that they could watch while I practiced my yoga on the other side of the room. And I found that I was not paying attention to my yoga videos. I was watching theirs and I would get on the mat with them and I would jump up and down and, you know, make loud noises and all of these things that were really fun. <laughs> and at the end of those sessions, like, it, you know, a 10, 15 minute kid yoga video, I would feel so much calmer than after a 30 to 45 minute yoga session. And not to knock yoga because I, I mean, I, I love yoga, but that was a period where I really needed to just loosen up. Like that was the message that the universe I think was sending me. Like you need to have fun. You need to loosen up. Stop the shoulds. I should be doing yoga. I should be meditating. I should be feeling better. I should be taking better care of myself and just enjoying. And around that same time as you and I have talked, and so you know this, like because the kids were young, all of a sudden one day it was like, oh my gosh, this job feels hard. And Mary Poppins would say, in every job that must be done, there's an element of fun. (laughs) Like, find the fun and snap the jobs a game. And it was like kids yoga, as an adult doing it, was fun. And it made me show up in yoga and really feel better and take care of myself and be more consistent in my practice because it was fun. And it made the job of taking care of myself and feeling and healing easier. It really, I think, was all of these sort of different messages coming to me that like when we don't take ourselves so seriously, which, oh my gosh, like I was programmed to take myself seriously, right? As a little girl, like there are pictures of me like crumpling up sheets of paper and throwing them on the floor because it wasn't perfect. I clearly was one of those people 
who at a very early age embraced perfectionism and sucked the fun out of a lot of things. And so it was really a great lesson. And I think that's just kind of how I, I started practicing what I preach and going out there and showing people on the playground, like getting on the climbing gyms with my kids and laughing with them and playing. And I got a whole lot of people staring at me because that's just not how French people, generally speaking, at the time were interacting with their kids. So it really was sort of like, who's this crazy lady? But then I think people were like, oh, that looks fun. And like, they're laughing and she's not screaming at her child. And maybe I should try that. And so then I started getting approached by people like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I'm having fun. <laughs> like, I'm letting myself be a kid. Imagine that. It is true that one of the things that I had noticed when I first came and still do, that a lot of times the, the French parents would be sitting on the sidelines and just obviously observing their children and making sure they're safe and they're okay, but they wouldn't necessarily get out there and interact. That to me is, is a, in, on your part, you were transforming something really difficult and easing it up. It is, it's in that song, just a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And I equate the sugar to having some fun. I'm really appreciative of how you had an aha moment where you weren't trying so hard and and that sometimes it's in that trying so hard that we the answers elude us I, again I, I just think it's it's a way of rising up when we just let go sometimes and isn't that what kids do as well yeah i think that was exactly it right like i started noticing changes in myself but also changes in my children getting down on the floor with them and playing and laughing and not being you know kids are so sensitive. They're so empath, like so open and em empathic. And so my kids, they were sleeping fine, but we had these periods of night terrors. We had, you know, them not wanting to go to sleep, all the things that you have. And I think they, a lot of it again was sort of this like, Oh, I have to control this. I have to, you know, hire a sleep coach. I have to get a routine, like all these things that were like, should, 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 these are the things I have to do to make my kids life easier. <laughs> and here I was making my life harder to try and make my kids sleeping, my kids sleep more easily. And when I started having more fun and playing more and getting down to their level, not only did I start feeling better, but that rippled into them feeling more safe, more in control, more heard and understood. And so they relaxed and they were able to sleep better and eat better and all of the things that I'd been trying to control before just kind of fell into place. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I have because we came here to the expat planet. Like when you go to another culture and especially another culture where you don't speak the language, the way you learn to speak the language is to speak like a child, right? As somebody who was highly educated and really identified as being a smart person, I really struggled with not being not being able to communicate the way I wanted to. And I gave up a whole lot of power. I, my husband was fluent, so I would ask him to make phone calls to doctor's appointments and enrolling our kids in school and all the things that I would have done in the U.S. And it felt infantilizing. And so I think that's really what it was. Like in some ways I was becoming that child who was the two-year-old having tantrums because the world wasn't working the way I wanted it to. <laughs> And like just being able to have fun and give in and, and it also allowed me to kind of own 
<laughs> that, that like, I'm not the same person here that I am in the US and I get to reinvent myself. And, and I, and this is what I had sort of been asking for. Like, like I said, I mean, I had these 12 hour workdays in the US. I always felt like, oh, I'm choosing work over home and my kid and, and the guilt about that. And here it was like, I have, like, I have all the time in the world with my kids and that doesn't feel good enough either. So I really do think that like the self-awareness that came with giving myself permission to let my hair down and have fun, it just made the self-care, which led to the self-awareness easier because I wasn't putting pressure on myself to find the answer so that I could solve a problem. It wasn't a problem. It was, all right, yeah, I'm, like, I'm in my kid stage now. I get to develop like a kid does. I get to take it one day at a time. I get to breathe and play. Imagine that, in essence, it's the relaxing that actually gave you, and I'll say myself as well, it gave each of us a sense of power yeah. by simply relaxing. Yeah. It, I think it was Mark Twain, right, who said, explore, dream, discover. Um, and I think as adults, we feel like we should have explored, dreamed, and discovered everything. Like, it's sort of, especially when you're, you know, you you spend so much time searching for information and learning about it? For me, I know that I felt the same as far as feeling infantile, particularly with obviously the language. You're absolutely right, is that I, I had to write scripts out if I didn't ask Christian, my husband, to do the, the making the appointments. And I remember one time you and I were talking about the fact that you, you couldn't even deal with like there was a problem with the phone and, and you, you couldn't even deal with that by yourself. And so it is that sense of having limited power. And you're right. We're different. We live differently here. I love the perspective shift there is that we have this chance to reinvent our life. And you're right. We both came here voluntarily, even if there are probably moments when we both felt like, oh, no, <laughs> I didn't make this decision. Right. <laughs> They lied to us. <laughs> they told us it would be wine and foie gras every night. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It is that, that opportunity to be here. And it does feel a little bit like we built ourselves from the ground up again. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I so appreciated about what, about meeting you and, and the, the support that I got from from you was that creativity group because that you started with Diane because there was so much magic that happened there because there's a group of women getting together to create and so in you know you are sort of going back into that childlike mindset of putting pen to paper and and sort of getting away from perfection and just experimenting and and getting to talk amongst a tribe of people who get it and understand and I think that was sort of planting the seed for me too, that like, oh, if I get down on my hands and knees and draw with my son, or, you know, if, or if I go to the creativity group with Conchetta and Diane and I draw, like, it's fun. And all of this self-awareness and conversations and growth was happening in the midst of fun. And I think, you know, what I'm noticing is that we're so caught up in this mindset of I need to know everything or especially now in this world of you know 24-7 internet like the instant gratification like oh I can go and watch an entire season 
or and like the entire series of a TV show on Netflix. Like I can watch six years of a TV show in like one day if I want to. There's an element of that that is great <laughs> and an element of it that really sort of allows you to distract and hide and forget that you have power to make your own choices and you have power to you know, I was doing, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I was kind of binge watching Netflix instead of taking French classes, (laughs) like, you know, or doing my French homework when I was doing French classes, because it was hard and I didn't want to do hard, but that was me giving up my power. And so getting to go and talk to you and the other women about how we were all frustrated because yesterday felt easy and today feels hard. (laughs) Like, um, or yesterday the words were flowing and today I can't remember anything. Yeah, it really, it was fun. It was like, oh, I get to bitch and complain with my friends. <laughs> and then like the energy gets out and then I can go home being more zen. And so they're like, it reminded me of those sort of teenage, you know, high school sitting at the table and bitching about your parents and then everything feels fine. <laughs> and I did not, to be honest, I didn't have that in the US when I was working. I had a great group of friends, but we were all working. 12 to 14 hour days and trying to balance family. And we saw each other, but rarely we didn't have that consistency of getting together and letting our hair down and having fun. Well, and it it reminds me too of there's some balance going on because you're engaging, using the example of learning the language, you're engaging a part of your brain. And sometimes I would find that it would overload. It was as if it had filled up And the only way for me to be able to regain or gain what I had taught myself or or learned about was that I had to stop doing it. So I had to stop doing my French lessons and go do something like the creativity group, like to to switch, switch it up. And it sounds like that that's what helped to kind of bring that sense of balance for you is to use two different sides of the brain, if you will. And, and it kind of ties in with what you're saying about making things fun, kind of relaxing into that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm just for a moment taking a pause and absorbing that because it is, it is that again, stepping back and allowing some things to flow from the heart. And it, it does give our brain a rest. In, in a sense, and we can say, okay, you can take some time off here <laughs> while, while um, we connect in a very, in a much different way. So you were mentioning that you were teaching kids yoga and mind and the mindfulness. We're in the middle of our, our coronavirus year. <laughs> I'm going to call it that. So I'm, I'm imagining right now you're, you're not exactly teaching face to face, but what else are you doing right now as far as the yoga and the mindfulness with kids? You know, I'm not teaching face-to-face, but I am lucky enough to have, because I was teaching in a school before several schools and also had private clients, that I do have people that were asking me to continue to do yoga. So I've been recording somewhat daily. It started daily. And as we got further and further into the lockdown and sheltering at home became a little less frequent. But, you know, just five to 10 minute videos of things that parents and kids can do at home to shake out the energy and they're timeless, right? I mean, they're, they're not specific to coronavirus. They're things that I would do in my class and I'm teaching some online classes as well. And I also have 
a coaching business, you know, so in addition to doing the yoga, I'm, I'm still coaching and working with families who, and this is a great time because I think some of what coronavirus and the shelter at home is teaching us is that we were on this speeding roller coaster of life and we were waiting for things. We wanted things to slow down, but we didn't know how to get off and slow them down. Now we've gone the pendulum completely the other way and we're sort of getting what we wanted, but much like when we moved to France, it was like, okay, all right, that's what I thought I wanted, but nope, this is a little too much. We have to find this balance. And so one of the things that I'm that I've put together is a new offer around helping families really find their rallying cry, really tap into their values as a family so that they can find the happy medium between the before and the now so that in the after going forward, they're really able to start living the life they want to live and find whether that's finding the fun or finding more, more balance, scheduling the day, having more creativity. So that's what I'm working with now. And yeah, it's been super, it's been a really fun experience. And I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, like every, every day we have the opportunity to learn when we look at the world through that fun lens, look at the world through a child's lens, like everything's fascinating, right? It's like, we're, we're all of a sudden we're curious George again. (laughs) And we get to say like, oh, like, isn't that fascinating? Like there's something somebody else is doing that like I had never thought of. Let me think of it. Or like here in France, I just the other day did a virtual tour of the Museum of Natural History in New York. (laughs) So it made me feel like originally from New York, it made me feel like I was there, but it was like, oh, that was fun. Uh, We're going on a virtual food tour as a family. So we're doing this a couple of times a week, picking recipes from different countries that we're interested in visiting and doing a PowerPoint presentation about historical sites and what language they speak there and learning a few words and trying new flavors. And it's just been a really fun bonding experience. And it's something we want to carry forward. So I think, you know, this is a great time for us to really be taking that time, like you said, to stop and and process and feel into our heart um, and figure out like, what fascinates me? What do I, what do I want to experiment with next? Like getting curious and, and kind of making a, a new plan for our, uh, for our life, a plan where we have a little bit more control over getting what we want. Mm -hmm. And I've had the opportunity to watch and participate in the videos, the yoga videos you've been doing. And honestly, they are, they're so much fun. Plus I've been able to, to see some of your virtual vacationing and I think this is just a super idea for me as well. I adopted some of that thinking, all right, well, uh, on the horizon for us in the Corona year is probably limited travel. Right. And so I think that this time and what you've been explaining is that there's a, it's like a contain, a creative container. Right. And, and you, you have, we have that opportunity to do just that is let's see if we can navigate going forward because there's no going backward. <laughs> there, there is, in this case, we've got to find a different way. And I've noticed again, that this aspect of being creative, virtually going on a, a world food tour, if you will, it, it also it can be more satisfying than, than I understood it could be. You know, it, it's the, the sense that we, we have to have everything hands-on, be out 
in there, but this also helps us connect our hearts and our minds because we get to be really creative and find out what, what satisfies us. And I think that's such a, you know, it's funny because I hadn't thought of this until you said that, but in many ways, this is our finding the fun, because as you know, like one of the things that was sort of a tipping point for me in my burnout was, was getting my, was having picky eaters. So my older son is a super taster and was, because of it was super, super picky. My husband's a super taster. So he was super picky. So I was constantly having to battle him too. Cause he was like, well, I only eat five things and I'm fine. <laughs> and so it was such a struggle. And then I had, you know, this baby who ate everything and then got to be two and was like, well, my five-year-old brother says no, so I'm going to say no. And it really was a huge struggle. And so when you were talking about the virtual tour, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? Like my kids are actually learning how to eat different foods now. They're tasting foods. Like this is a fun way for us. Like if I had done this when Owen was, you know, little, I mean, who knows, obviously it was different, but, but this is, a fun way to experiment with new cultures and new food in a way that like was something that I really, really struggled. So I almost feel like there's some healing too. When you said that, I was like, oh, it's a weight of not being a good enough mom and getting my kids to eat well enough when I was, you know, 10 years ago. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, <laughs> like I did it. I like I, I achieved it. And I can feel that. And so I do, I feel like there's just, so, so thank you. Thank you for sharing it that way and, and helping me see that, that I've sort of closed a loop. Yeah, and that's kind of what I can, I see that you do with your clients. And going forward now, as um, I think you've said, as we navigate the post-coronavirus existence, <laughs> what, what else do you see uh, on the horizon as best you can make those decisions right now for continuing to integrate all of these wonderful experiences that you've been having? So I think the biggest question to ask ourselves is what do we love about what's happening now? Like what do we what do we love? What are we celebrating in our life now? And what are we missing from our life before? And really sitting with what are our values? What do we want to for ourselves? Because one thing that I know as a genetic counselor is we are all genetically unique. Like not a single person out of 108 billion people who have walked this planet since the beginning of humans walking this planet have had the same DNA and the same experiences. And that's true as a family, right? When you bring the, those unique DNA and experiences together, you create an even, you know, a unique experience. Really sitting at when we can with, you know, whether you're by yourself or have children or are married, what unique values are true for you? What What's unique? What's your mission statement for your family, if you will? And I think that's kind of even for us, what's on the horizon. Like I... I'm really excited. You know, I'm not going to lie. And you and I've talked about this. Like there's so much grief and trauma coming out of this period that cannot be denied and that needs to be dealt with. And at the same time, there's excitement and planning and newness that's going to come going forward. And so what do you want that to look like for you? And it doesn't have to be what the next door neighbors are doing. It doesn't 
it shouldn't probably shouldn't be what the next door neighbors are doing because they're not you. So what do you want? And really getting to sit with that individualism. Right. And so I'm really excited because one of the things that I created for the people who are listening for your followers is a free 30 minute session where we can hop on a call and start to talk about where, what are your values? What are the action steps that you want to take going forward to really start getting clarity and excitement and fun on what your post-coronavirus life <laughs> can look like. And yeah, and so I'm, I'm really excited to do those and in doing that to learn what people are going to need after that. So I try not to think too many steps ahead anymore <laughs> because much like the baby and trying to like, you know, learns how to walk one step at a time. I find that I learn so much just by kind of taking one step seeing what I learned from that and then taking the second step instead of trying to have 10 steps planned and never taking the first one because I'm not sure how I'm going to do step 10. And again, in, in this particular time frame, it sounds like a very prudent way. And actually, I think it's probably a good method of self-care as well is that we don't start jumping ahead. <laughs> if this year's any indication, we're going to get detoured anyway into, into something. Well, let's just say we'll have an, another exciting adventure. And that's what I... Yeah, we get to get curious <laughs> and be curious, George, and say how fascinating. I love that reference. Because when I just thought of him, it is just like that, isn't it? He returns to his innocence and he's literally, as we know, he's, he's curious about everything. And that, I, I wanted to connect that also with, we'll be putting the link to the free offer in the show notes. And I clicked on that link and went ahead and looked at the page and it will just bring a big smile to your face to go. So I'm going to encourage our listeners to make sure they go and click on the link. It'll be lots of fun because it. think of yourself as Curious George and, and go be curious about the link. <laughs> yes. And I also, I'll just add at the bottom of the link too, there's, oh, you can subscribe to my newsletter. And once a week I send out a yoga and mindfulness activity for the whole family. And so if you're interested in bringing more fun into your yoga and mindfulness practice, they're always short little activities, but they come into your inbox once a week. And that link is at the bottom of that page. So now we come to the point where we have what we call a lightning round. And this is just a few fun and amazing insights and resources that we might be, you might be able to offer to others. So one of our questions that we ask is, what lifts you up? Mm, I love this question. So I get lit up by watching my children and getting curious about what they're curious about. I love cuddling on the couch and, and playing mm -hmm. and, yeah, just getting creating connections lights me up. So whether now it's with my children because that's who I see. <laughs> But but before it was, you know, obviously getting to see my friends and have a, a, a glass of wine or mm -hmm. a, a stitch and bitch session. Yeah, connections light me up. And what makes you feel or helps you feel grounded and centered? You know, I'm I'm claiming this for the first time publicly <laughs> right here, Conchetta. You know this about me, but a lot of people don't because I have the science background. But rocks and crystals and spirituality really ground me. So I have a whole table of crystals and oracle cards, and I find that that really grounds me, pulling a card or holding onto a crystal mm. and just sort of being in the moment with the message from them. 
Yeah, I know that one of my favorite things that you offer on, on your Facebook page is kind of a weekly oracle, if you will, that you'll pull a card and, and give us a message. So I really, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, t- I mean, that was something I learned from you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps me feel grounded and centered to, to watch that. And, and um, so I, I appreciate that you do that. So if you had a genie in a bottle and only had one wish, what would that be? You know, I, I really think, and again, this is given the, the, our times, but it's for people to really remember that it's important to listen more than to talk. And I know that's not a wish for me. It's kind of a wish for the world. But I think if we were all able, we have two ears and one mouth. So uh, I had a coach tell me, like, you shouldn't listen. That means you're supposed to listen twice as much as talk. Mm. To me, that is such a powerful reminder of, you know, being able to connect. And I feel like this is the world peace answer that like, people give on, like, like, my wish would be for world peace. <laughs> um, I, do, I feel like the, the step towards world peace is to listen more and, and love more. So mm. I do feel like that would be my wish, that everybody would remember they have two ears and one mouth and spend more time listening. Do you have any uh, favorite books or a go-to resource? So one of the things that my kids challenged us with uh, during this shelter at home time was we wanted to give them a sense of feeling in control a little bit. And so they made a reading list for us and it's my kids are in 12 and nine. And so it's been the, my new favorite books. When I saw that, <laughs> when I hear that question, I was like, Oh, this is so bad. Cause I feel like I should say like Brene Brown and <laughs> And I do love Daring Greatly um, and Dare to Lead by Brene Brown are amazing books. But my favorite books right now are the Magic Misfit series by Neil Patrick Harris, partially because I love Doogie Howser and I love Neil Patrick Harris and Lemony Snicket and everything he's done. I'm a big fan. And this series is, he actually teaches magic tricks in this, in the series. And <laughs> And the stories are so well written and I feel like they really resonate regardless of your age. They're, they're themes that transcend age about friendship and, and connection and magic. <laughs> so, and yeah, I'm going to put out my, my childish fun side and say that my favorite books right now are, are the Magic Mystic series by Neil Patrick Harris. Hmm. Well, and it, you know, what it occurs to me is that you are practicing what you wanted to have with, if you could make a wish with a genie is that you're listening. You're listening to your kids and the wisdom that, that they can put forward just by being themselves and just saying, wow, these are these are great things yeah. for us. So they, here, you try them. And now I'm, I want to look at his books as well now. So you've encouraged me to go check him out. Yeah, there's three. And then the fourth one, which is going to be the final one, the series comes out in September. And so I'm like, we're excited because we're like, we're going to come out of lockdown and have another book to read. <laughs> so it feels like the reward at the end of the tunnel too. Yeah, nice. So as, as we wrap up here today, do you have any advice for others to rise up to their loving heart-centered highest self? You know, I mean, I think I've shared it. Um, so just to reflect, 
frame it or to restate it, like tap into your inner curious George. Mm. Like, don't be afraid to look silly or to have somebody judge you because that's about them, not you. Tap into your inner child and get curious. I love that advice. I'm, I'm ready to go out there and explore. So with that in mind, tell us, how can we find, how can people, how can our listeners find you out there? Yeah. So um, my website is marissaraymond.com and I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. And then I'm on Instagram, uh, marissaraymond77 and on Facebook, uh, MZR Coaching and MZR Yoga. Uh, So two separate pages and that's where you can find me. I'm out there. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to connecting with, with all the heart centered, amazing people that follow hearts rise up because it feels like part of a tribe. I knowing you and knowing what you create, you create a tribe, you attract those people to you. So I, I just feel so grateful to be part of that tribe. I appreciate one uh, again, that you took some time today to be here with us and to share all your wonderful Mary Poppins and Marissa wisdom. And again, this fun, I'm ready to go and have some more of that. So reminder to our listeners that we'll have all the links in our show notes and to go out and be curious and have some fun. Yes. Go have your spoonful of sugar. (laughs) We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.